Tuesday, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Rocketeer Minute, where each and every day, Monday through Friday, we go over one minute of the greatest adventure movie Walt Disney's ever made, the 1991 Joe Johnston-directed feature, The Rocketeer. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I'm Hal Bryan, an airplane nerd from the Experimental Aircraft Association here in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And Jim, we had so much fun with Rory yesterday, we made him come back. Yep. He was, he was kicking and screaming, but we drug him back to the show. Rory Aylwards, uh, just ex-U.S. Uh, ex, uh, Army uh, Reserve and National Guard, technical advisor, uh, extra in the Rocketeer, and, uh, and so far, by all accounts, all-around good guy. Welcome back to the Rocketeer Minute. Thanks, Hal. You uh, left off my Nobel Prize. We'll get to that another time. <laughs> it's okay. We'll see if we can fit that in on a later minute. Uh, but uh, uh, Rory gets to really show his stuff here as he advances on a on an entire tr- uh, troop of stormtroopers, <laughs> just blasting away. And you know, <laughs> he'll God. take the slowest. Yes, just M nineteen twenty eight Thompson in my hands. I'll face anybody. By God. Yeah, no kidding. We've we've talked about that before. I, you know, if I've had the chance to fire one, and and uh, there's just there's just nothing quite like it. You pick it up, and it it feels exactly what it looks like. It's solid. It's you know, it's strong. You feel pretty invincible as soon as you pick one up. That bolt goes back and forth. It's all you know, pretty magic. Um, yeah, and <laughs> exactly. I. I I, th- I think I mentioned in the earlier segment that while we were shooting, of course, you know, the, the cameras start rolling and, and they call action and the whole scene plays out. Well, the Thompsons that they had were, I mean, it's an M1928, so built in 1928 or within a couple of years of that. And the one that I had was worked well enough, but at one point we're in the middle of a big scene. You know, there's cameras rolling, hundreds of people, and mine jams. And so <laughs> I just... What, what do you do when your gun jams? Well, immediate action. You've got to clear the jam. But I took cover behind the, uh, the, the, the astronomer's monument, <laughs> cleared the jam, dropped the magazine, clear it, put it back in, and come up shooting. And I was, I was, I was frankly hurt that Joe Johnson did not include that particular piece of, of, of cinematic uh, combat expertise. Because there's uh, a G-man who knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he, he turns to Kepler and says, thanks, Johan, for saving my neck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then if this were a true Disney film, the statue would somehow magically yeah, wink. And there'd wink, be a little yeah. ding. Yeah. If it wasn't for you star boys, I'd have been lost out there. <laughs> star boys. <laughs> <sighs> I'll, I'll tell you a little backstory about the Rocketeer uh, for me, and that is, I've uh, you know, as as Jim knows from our uh, childhood together, that that always had a fascination with the time period, zeppelins, all that crazy you know airplane stuff, and so uh, probably in the yeah probably around 1984, my friend Joe Massett. For my birthday, I think, gives me a copy of Dave Stevens' The Rocketeer. And at that point, it was the, the, the book of like the first six or seven issues. And I had never heard of The Rocketeer. I'd never heard of Dave Stevens, but I immediately became a big fan because like that was cool. And so, you know, six years later, they, you know, I, I hear that they're making the movie and I, I certainly wasn't a good enough actor to get on it, but I wanted to do something on the film and it and it so happened that uh they they were casting and so i put my you know i, I got picked and, and ended up at, at griffith park but also the girl i was dating at the time gail was the assistant to the agent for jennifer Connolly. so i was actually following the film from sort of like this inside track the whole time and somewhere in in storage i have uh you know they had the rocketeer trading cards and i have a 
Rocketeer cards signed by Bill and by Jennifer. Oh, and wow. had all this other. I went to the premiere as uh, as Gail's guest, which was kind of a hoot to see the the uh, you know at uh, I think it was it was it Nan's Chinese that they had. It was El, El Capitan. Oh, the El Capitan. That's right. But it was just fascinating. I mean, it was just you know the whole. I, I had you know I, I I definitely wanted to work on it, but I was also kind of seeing it from the inside as the shooting was going on. So it was kind of it was kind of cool. I was very smitten with the whole project if you will did did it look as i mean did it look as good during production as i mean it came out it came out perfect we all know it came out perfect but when you were when you were in the middle of it all and you saw all these guys lined up and things and yeah uh, i mean i mean they always talk about um you know movies as the sausage factory you know and and for you 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 see how much footage there is you know from from griffith park and and we were there at least a week you know shooting so of all the stuff they shot there you get you know two minutes (laughs) (laughs) that's it that's all you get so yeah it's a very labor-intensive process but but i i definitely wished i had you know worked on more of it i mean i just enjoyed the whole milieu and being there and being involved in the whole process so Were, were there any pages shot that that never made it to screen that you saw being done that you were like oh i wish that was in the film or they shot a lot of footage i mean they were shooting the pages but i mean there's a lot of scenes uh, well, not scenes, but I mean, there's anytime you shoot a, a, a scene as complicated as the one we did at Griffith Park, there's, you know, all different camera angles on it. And so there's an awful lot of footage from Griffith Park that never, you know, saw the saw the light of day. You know, as a director, Joe's got to look at what he's got and how's he got to tell the story and, and what's what particular shots are going to serve that story best. But always you're leaving you're leaving good stuff on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, other than the incident uh, with with the with the stunt man, I mean, the, this the, the whole thing seemed to go pretty smoothly, which you know was 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 a ch- given given the number of moving parts that was that was kind of a challenge. So. Um, question on some of the firearms here: the the what are the Germans carrying? Uh, the MP40s or MP38s? Those are MP38s. Okay. Technically, they'd be MP38s. I'm not sure if they. I, I don't know enough about the differences between the two, but it's the, the basic uh, machine pistol that the Germans carried throughout World War II. Yeah, nice, nice close up there in about second twenty with the uh, <laughs> featured player just ratatatting away. That's it, you know. It's, yeah, it was, it was uh, you know, it was a, a very solid, dependable weapon for the for the German army. Um, yeah, very and, lightweight. Yeah, and, yeah uh, and Ben Gazzara carries one of the Bridget Romagans. So <laughs> exactly. And we get to see uh, all the all the nice uh, uh, bullet hole stickers that are plastered all over the uh, assorted, assorted cars. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's always always I mean always wa- interesting watching them do like bullet hits, you know, squibs and yeah. things like that. That's whole. Um, I do. I, I mean, a lot of the stuff they do with CGI now, but but by the 1990s, certainly existing holes on on the antique cars. You know, yeah, they're using the uh, they're using the decane. You know, you always have a car that they it's. It's something that's really bad, and they fix it up for the movie, and then yeah. they rig it, you know, to to put the holes in it. So, and you get your you get your big scene here about uh, second twenty three. We see you coming up on the right hand side of the screen, just lo- lockstep and and just almost yeah. almost skipping <laughs> just, ahead, <laughs> just, <laughs> just looking like he knows what he's doing. Anxious to close uh, close with and destroy yeah. the Nazis. Absolutely. <laughs> World War II might have never started right there. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> We're going to finish this now in Griffith Park before it spreads. No more flags for you, pal. So I, I'm interested, Rory, in a lot of the scenes, both this minute and the one we talked about yesterday when we are 
uh, when the lighting is just right and somebody's firing. I'm trying to find a good example. Maybe it was that second uh, 19 or so is a good one where you've got the guy with the MP40, which is a kid. I always thought of that as a, as a schmeiser. I'm not sure if that's right or not. Yeah. But yeah. actually, you don't really see it there. But it's with the Thompsons in some shots you see all kinds of debris sort of flying around. Yeah. Um, is that wadding from the blank, or what is that? Uh, yeah, that's hitting? probably the wadding from the blank. Okay. I mean, um, the, the nice thing about, I mean, it, they were using full-load blanks to get that real fire shooting out oh, of the, uh, the barrel, uh, which made it very loud, obviously. Right. But, yeah, they were, they, as, as you're rehearsing the scene, you know, you're having to make sure that you're not masking anybody else's weapons, meaning they're, 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 they're blocking. Okay. We're, we're walking forward in the line, and one of the reasons for that is that everybody's weapons should be ahead of everybody else. Yeah, right. So that, you know, no one's, no one's, because at close range, uh, even a blank will put a hole in it. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. isn't that what happened with uh, Jason Scott Lee or yeah. Brandon Lee? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Brandon Lee, right. There's the, I mean, there's been a couple of episodes and sets, and 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 one one guy was killed just with a with a full yeah. blank. Uh, John, um, John another Eric guy Hexham had that with a concussion, right? Yeah. yeah. And then and then there was a, a case where, and I don't remember which actor. The um, it was a revolver, and they dummy rounds that they'd put in the revolver to so because at the camera angle on a on a revolver, you'd see the the nose of the bullets in the cylinders. Right. So they, they had, and they were using the same gun, the same prop weapon for the scenes with the fake bullets. And what happened is one of the, the, one of the dummy rounds, the, the, the bullet end itself, which was made of like hard plastic, but it stayed in, in the cylinder when, when they took the, the dummy rounds out and put blanks in. So basically he got shot with the, the nose of the dummy round, but with the, the, the full force of the blank at close range behind it, it killed. So yeah, set safety and anything like that is is a critical element. And you know, the good armorers are constantly checking people, constantly checking the weapons, you know. I mean, you, you can be a veteran and you can check the weapon and they'll still check the weapon because they just can't afford any kind yeah. of accident. I, I would assume that before any of this any of this starts up, you have a safety briefing with the armor. Is that is that how typically yeah, they do? Absolutely. They'll... Yeah. There's a safety briefing. Uh, there's a number of safety briefings. I mean, the, the armor walks everybody who's going to be firing practical weapons. They have a safety briefing for everybody on set. We're going to have weapons going. We're going to, you know, all of the safety elements are discussed by the first assistant director as to, you know, and informs everybody on the set what exactly is going to be going on so that they can be aware. Yeah. I actually, when I worked on Courage Under Fire uh, a few years later, I actually wrote the safety briefing for the, we had a lot of armored vehicles on the set. And so I, I wrote something that went into the, you know, the, the set report and came out in the crew sheet, was attached to the crew sheet to expect from working around tanks. Yeah, we, we had a previous discussion when uh, they were shooting the uh, the flying circus portion of the film. That basically right. you tell everybody there that we're going to be working, you know, in a safe environment, but this is going to be less than safe of, say, if you're going to a real air show. So if you don't want to participate, you don't right. have to, and you're here of your own free will to do that. So, um, right. I would, you know, I would think just from a liability angle, but also you don't want to be the one that's, that's yelling action and, and something like this happens. So, um, obviously right. it's in everybody's best interest. Well, the, the first, the first AD manages the set and they are also responsible for set safety. And if it goes sideways, it's the first AD that's going to be yeah. accountable. Um, the, the smoke that's coming up in the back, are they just dropping, um, dry ice packs into water? I was just wondering where the, the steam's coming from on that. Are they using smoke generators? Did you remember? I think they were using smoke 
smoke okay. pots. Yeah, just I mean, just basically to give it that look, and also to mask out anything in the background we didn't want to yeah. be looking at. But mostly it was for it was for that atmospheric look, and you know, with the with the lights and the and the the web muzzle flashes. Yeah, uh, a beautiful shot when uh, the, you guys are all running up between the uh, <laughs> the fake box boxwood hedge props uh, in, in the middle there, <laughs> just. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Dr. Krupp was talking about how, yeah, that they actually had a re- he had to review whether or not they would be allowed to use those those props, but he said it just didn't really affect uh, Griffith Park, so it's it's okay. If you, right. Mostly they're hiding they're they're probably hiding like either cabling or lights. Yeah, anybody who does production design and that kind of work, it's all about camouflaging the the movie part of the yeah. movie. <laughs> right. So, Rory, I've got a weird question for you. Sure. And I don't know if you've got the minute up or not, but right around second twenty three, basically. Uh, your hero shot when I'm when I'm finally able to tear my eyes off of your riveting performance uh, there on the on the right side of the screen. Um, I'm a little hurt that you. Could well, I, I just I, I forced myself and, and now I'm crying because of it. There's a uh, there's a, a uniform cop basically coming up behind you. He's got like a and, long rifle or something. Yeah, he's got a long rifle of some kind. I, I, can you tell Hold what on. that is right. in this uh, in this shot? Right. And it doesn't what, look like what? he's actually. It looks like he sort of takes a shot and lowers it, but I don't see any flame or anything. So I don't know it, and to me, it looks like a twenty-two. It's just like a little, you know. Like, it, it looks so skinny. It's got you know. It's got a little bit of a magazine it, there, like maybe something like a Garand, but it, it, it looks uh, like something so, he brought home uh, from scout camp or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to cue it up now. Not all the weapons were practical, sure. and and uh, not every. I mean, the other thing is that people would use up all their blank rounds in the, the as, as soon as they started shooting, they just hold the yeah. trigger. <laughs> I'm just, done. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, okay. Great. So, <laughs> no fire discipline whatsoever. No, no. No, no concept no, of select fire. Know, hope, hopeless task trying to get some of the guys to, uh, you know, get on board well, with the uh, program. As soon as you're holding this thing and it start going butta, 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 it is hard to do anything <laughs> other than just spray them all down range. <laughs> yes. And, you know, holding, holding it at waist level with one uh, on, on, on your hip and just shoot, shooting upward yeah. at a 45 degree a- angle while yelling <laughs> right <laughs> which uh, that's marksmanship yeah. right there is what that is <laughs> the shot goes on for a while so you you know you have to pick right. your moments and be kind of aware of camera and you know is is it on you is it, what's going on so if you have any sort of uh, sense of, of situational awareness you could make sure that you know you were actually shooting shooting when it would do some good but not everybody was that uh, sophisticated right when those drum magazines i mean they i my uneducated guess would be that those would be 100 rounds but I, I if i remember right on full auto well, it's the thompson will shoot something like five six hundred rounds yeah, a minute yeah, so yeah. so you could you could empty that magazine in 10 seconds if you I, just I held think, it down i think the schmeissers had probably a, a 30 round or 40 round magazine but the uh because okay. the uh, the thompson had that barrel you know that drum magazine which 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 holds a lot more weapon rounds which i think is probably uh, 50 rounds what, what are the selects on a on a Thompson, do you have like you have full auto? Do they have like three shot or? I no, not not three shot. I, I honestly don't know whether you can fire it at a um, at semi automatic or not. Oh, so it, it's on or off. Yeah. yeah. If if I remember right, the one that I I fired was, and I don't know what what era this was built. Yeah. I, my assumption is that it was an original, but I know people have been manufacturing yeah. for quite a while. It was it was full auto, but there was I'm almost sure there was a either a semi auto right. switch uh, or you know a little lever or it, it's possible that it was just uh, it was just enough where it was the trigger was heavy enough and it was slow enough that you could control it and do you know do a little you know do one round at a time. But I thought I remembered there being you know taking a few shots in semi auto and then flipping the switch and just so going. The one for I it. had was was one of the 1928 
versions, and I'm not sure it had the uh, the selector. In any case, they wanted us firing bursts, um, which, you know, because it's cool. <laughs> a question on when we get to we're, – we're getting into the uh, into the Luxembourg as right. uh, everybody's climbing that metal ladder. Yeah. There's a quick shot at about uh, second 40, which to me looks like it's a, it's a practical shot because of the parallaxing where Jenny turns around and uh, and looks where where she's at and she yeah. gets grabbed by the... Uh, is that, what what kind of a rig was that? Did you see any of that going on when she had to climb up there or was is that really green screen with really great uh, matting? I, I th- There's certain pieces i mean the the pieces of the zeppelin that the actors had to interact with were were real they were practical but very little of that and i was like so at second 39 she's climbing up i think that's all i want to say that's want to say that's on almost like on a uh like a crane or a scaffold scaffold or something or or a scaffold scaffold, because you can see the observatory roof in the background right and that lens flare from the the spotlights behind the statue and everything that bleeds over her face it's just i couldn't buy that as green screen if it it was green screen it's probably the best i've ever seen and i yeah, yeah, I mean, it just, it's, it's like the, the like the, the the Zeppelin cabin set is a practical set, but yeah, it, so but it's, it's, only, it's probably seated on top of a big a big flat yeah, scaffold. But it, but okay. it's but it's just a piece of it, you know. So it's yeah. not, you know. So, but it might it might be. I'm not, I'm honestly not sure because I mean they the other thing that happens in the movies is that if you're not working, you're 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 wrapped and sent home. So yeah. they didn't need the FBI guys. For anything they were doing in the in the Zeppelin cabin, we we were wrapped oh, in yeah. sound. In fact, I'm not even sure they shot that at Griffith oh, Park. That that could entirely be a rear screen rear rear screen projection. Yeah, just just wasn't wasn't sure what yeah. how that how that was being filmed. Because yeah. the other things, I mean, you know, they're they're not going to take too many risks with Jennifer that they don't have to because you know yeah. not only for her safety, but if any if anything happens to her, you, now you're. Now you're talking about shutting down production. Yeah, yeah. You don't want her the Im- the the only thing that the show's remembered for is the immemorial yes. that they have at the Oscars. Yeah, exactly. Um, the <laughs> so. I remember that movie. Uh, the the other thing that was we talked with uh, Dr. Ed last week uh, that he said that they could they wouldn't allow them to shoot on the roof of the Griffith Observatory because those copper domes are really fragile. Right. And they actually had they actually had to rebuild the the, the, the whole that that hero shot that's going to come up uh, not today but tomorrow. Right. With uh, the Rocketeer on top, they actually built that as a separate thing up in Valencia. Yeah. So that he could he could stand on his own thing, but we we get you know we're finally off the off your <laughs> off your great scene there, <laughs> and uh, we're we're inside the Luxembourg, which is exactly how I mean if if the pilot house of the Hindenburg didn't look like that, it should have looked, like, looked that. like that. Should have looked like that. Yeah, it's really well done. Yeah, I mean anything with zeppelins. I've been a big zeppelin fan since I was a kid. So anything that involves zeppelins, you know, I'm I'm in. Yeah, what do, yeah. Well, except for physical graffiti, but let's up with four maybe. But uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, not to spoil it, but coming up on uh, on Friday, we're going to put Jim in a very awkward position because two of the three people on Friday's episode actually have yeah, Zeppelin time in their log rubbing books. It in, wow. Rubbing it and, in, wow! Uh, it's never too early to start. Yeah, a couple of guys from Oshkosh and me. So <laughs> wow! And, and and Jim, special guest Jim <laughs> yeah. on his own show. <laughs> Um, you know, one thing I always wonder about in this minute is, uh, so Timothy Dalton climbs, he's up the ladder after right. Jenny climbs aboard, he takes his overcoat off and he's wearing his little, his proper little, uh, swastika yeah. lapel pin. I, I want to know when, when did he go put that on? You know, when, when did he say, okay, I'm going to be hanging out with my Nazi friends. I need my little, you know, friendly signal I, or I, I, to, to show that I'm I among think friends. I that handy. I mean, maybe pinned to the inside of your coat just for, you know. 
Yeah, it's, he's probably got it in his pocket next to the uh, next to the bottle what if, of ether. Yeah, yeah. Chloroform that he uses that on his dates. Yes. What, if, what, if a, yeah. what if a boon breaks out? You know, you don't want to yeah. be out of uniform. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, right. well, you never know when a boon is just going to spring into being, right? <laughs> and he's got the, and he's also he's just as fashion conscious as uh, Howard Hughes. He's got the uh, uh, bar uh, Dexter tie on with the stripes going up from the right. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Well, what a nice little. Didn't uh, didn't spring for the four in hand. It looks like just a plain old half Windsor, but uh, very nice, uh, very dapper dapper man with the uh, with the vests and stuff. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, the hat looks good on him, but I, that that hat wouldn't work on me. So I'm, you know, I mean, just it's it's too wide in the crown. He didn't have a, you know, if it's not a pinch brim fedora, white or a pinch yeah. brown, you know. Yeah, well, he should have gone with the Hamburg like uh, like Eddie Valentine. That was <laughs> that would have been. Uh, <laughs> More German, more proper, and well, you know, he's, he's trying to pull off that whole Errol Flynn impression. So it's you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, and and of course we're we're back to the uh, the, the German part. This is uh, as we discussed offline that uh, it's not a it's not a good movie with Germans until somebody yells Schnell <laughs> and he. <laughs> He gets the hell. Get the get the ship out of range. Schnell. Schnell. Yes, because you know it's, <laughs> it's it's almost you know it's 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 German signaling. You know, I mean, you, you yeah, have to yeah. let the audience yeah, know the big. Oh, yeah, by the, the way. The, the giant wor- uh, German wolf whistle. And, and how tired must the Germans be of being the bad guys? It's like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> my, my, my second, it's up there. My second tour in <laughs> Afghanistan, I was a liaison to a German outfit. And it just, it was like me and like 20 other Americans and like 2,100 Germans. It's like, <laughs> nicest people, you, you know, you just great soldiers, good, good folks. And it's like, all right, can we just, can we find another bad guy? Isn't, isn't, yeah. isn't Putin available? I mean, isn't... Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he, he didn't say, uh, you have old mine hair. He no. said just Clar. I mean, that's what you're expecting. <laughs> yeah. He does, he does do a, a great job. And then, um, th- this other, this other guy who must've known Tote from, uh, Raiders of the Lost <laughs> Ark. I mean, he's just, he's, I, my face didn't melt. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. And he got the glasses. Yeah, he does have the big, yeah, the nice so, Harry Potters. Yeah, so, yeah. Right, Harry Potter slash John Lennon. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's you know the central casting version of Germans comes down. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Hal, you're 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 my uh, accent guy for Germany. Does he have a Bavarian touch to him? Do you know where that? Are you boy? I I'd be I'd be faking it if I said I heard enough to tell you the oh. to tell you the truth. It does sound. Um, if I were to choose between the two that I know to a certain degree, which would be uh, that you know that proper Bavarian versus the more sort of the guttural, uh, the former East, where I spent a fair amount of time, yeah. I I would lean toward Bavarian just because it's it's it it does sound crisper and more cultured um, and. And that's what I would expect, but that's uh, anything beyond that, and I am really bluffing. Well, yeah, he's he's good. Go I, I was going to suggest that uh, you know to, that that Hal take a look at the movie I produced, Silent Night, which was a oh, Linda excellent. Hamilton movie for Hallmark. But now I'm afraid that oh. you're going to be picking the accents apart. <laughs> oh no, please, not at Linda all. Hamilton had nope. to uh, had to you know speak German phonetically, and uh, to mixed results. <laughs> was she fun to work she's with? She's great to work with. Um, I always thought I always really thought highly of her. I, I thought she was. And, and I'll t- I, so I was producing this film, and I wasn't in charge, but I was one of the producers and, and the, the executive producer, Steve Hewitt, and Hallmark were gracious enough to bring my friend Steve Rubin and I up to Canada to work on the film. Um, and we went to Kate Capshaw to see if she was interested in playing a lead, and we went to Jessica Lang, and neither of them responded. And I had worked. In 1997, I was the military advisor on a movie called Dante's Peak, and I brought a bunch oh, of... Oh, the volcano yeah, with uh, Pierce Brosnan right. and exactly. all that, yeah. And Linda's in the movie. Yeah. 
and I brought a bunch of National Guardsmen to work and play National Guardsmen because I'm literal minded that way. Um, <laughs> Not very imaginative, man. Come on. <laughs> um, but so it was uh, one night we were on the set in Los Angeles and it was Linda's 40th birthday. And they had a cake and they had a party and everybody sang. And then the, the crew goes back to set the next shot. And Linda and her assistant are still in the catering tent. And my guys were eating last because they didn't, you know, you, you eat in the order of when you're needed next. And my guys were not on the front of that list. But Linda stayed and cut a slice of her birthday cake for every one of my soldiers. Are you serious? And, yeah. And it made such an impression on me that, that, that um, five years later when I'm casting Silent Night, I said, let's go to Linda Hamilton. And she read it that day and accepted the offer the next day, you know, and she was such a pleasure to work with because she set, you know, she was the big star, but set the tone for all the actors that she was just there to work. And she stayed for all her close, you know, for all of their close ups, you know, it was just kind of set the professional tone for the entire set. So it was a great experience working with her. Gosh, that's terrific. Yeah. She's, she's quality. Yeah. People. Yeah. And she can, uh, <laughs> She can rack a shotgun. She can with rack one a shotgun hand. one hand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, is Silent Night is available on Amazon. Is that? Yeah, so. I'll be ordering it and as soon as we're done, just so you know. Cool. Good. Good. That's one more sale. I won't be getting any, any residuals from. But thank Excellent. you, Hal. <laughs> well, it's the, the spirit of the thing. It's, it's the okay. We're yeah. That's all. The, all the money we're clearing on our on our uh, <laughs> Amazon uh, Amazon sales. We're about even. <laughs> they just save as as soon as they can afford the uh, postage stamp. Uh, they're going to send the check. Excellent. So, oh, and I didn't uh, buy it through. Or I won't buy it through our site, Jim. So you know that's. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> Going, going, uh, yeah, off, off, off the grid. Uh, but uh, wow. Well, uh, we're gonna. I guess we're gonna leave. Uh, we're, we're gonna leave the, the wonderful Timothy Dalton explaining that the rocket will come to us, which is such a. That's such a great line. I. That's like the line of the movie. It, it is, this, he just he just drops that one, and all of a sudden he's he's Prince Baron again. Yes. He's, just, he's back you know, in he's, charge. His plan is working. Yeah. You know, it wasn't looking <laughs> great there for a while, but now you know we've got the girl. The rocket will come to us. Everything is happening as I have foreseen it. It, yes, <laughs> yes. it is. It is according to the prophecies. Yes, yeah. yes it is. <laughs> yes, yes. Follow the brunette who is told at, young, at a young age. Uh, um, as as the uh, and that and that just as he, as he's saying that the uh, the searchlights are just spanning uh, spanning across the bottom of the cockpit, which is filled. Uh, fill, fill. There there is uh, something that I had read about this particular scene that they had to they had to reshoot most of it because. When it was originally shot, they thought instead of using a steady cam, they do the reverse of that, and they tie uh, like a vibrator to the bottom of this vibrating platform on the camera to make the camera look like it was shaking because the whole you know the zeppelin's right. moving. Right. And as it turned out, when you blow that up to sixty feet wide <laughs> yeah. on a screen, all it does is make people seasick and hard to follow any of the like. Who is that? Timothy Dalton. All I'm just seeing is a blur. Oh wow! And so. They had to go back and, and redo the scene without the you know removing removing any vibration at all and just you know adding a little bit of flashing lights and stuff and do it the normal way. You know, it's like they never watch Star Trek. You know, just have the actors. Yeah. You know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> lean, lean. lean into yeah. it. Grab yeah. Grab the chair. Swing. Watch the camera tilt. And... <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, one thing I one thing I never noticed until I watched this scene at you know at the at the frame by frame level is this is the scene where he gets rid of his hat. It just I, I had. 
I had remembered in in watching the movie before, you know, he's got the hat on, then he doesn't have the hat on, and where did the hat go? And it's just at the last couple of seconds of this this particular scene, he doffs his his fedora. Yeah, and he sort of for the throws it time. down angrily too, doesn't he? He's yeah, he's uh, he's punctuating his uh, statement as he's reasserting his authority too. Yeah, yeah, just well, uh, now, now that he's got <laughs> the, the alpha, now that he's got alpha the, Nazi. Now that yeah. he's got the pin back on, of course he's in charge. Oh well, yeah. sure, yeah. <laughs> I'm a party official. What do you think the dial is? I just just wondered while we're, while we're in the zeppelin, what what is that gigantic dial? Is it just telling you how much flames there are? It just set at a low level at the moment, or I, well, I, I, don't I, know. I, I think you turn that to up, like you know, yes. you, you point yeah. it towards twelve, it goes up. See, and I have the, <laughs> I have the sense that. That in this shot, that the I mean, the helm is behind the camera, right? Am I picturing that correctly? Uh, that we're looking yeah, sort we're of looking, looking toward aft, the right, at the, at the scuttle yeah. and everything else. I, well, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Because he's when they're getting on the the bow of the ship is pointed to the east. Okay. Of uh, on Griffith Park, like if you if you're assuming that the front door of Griffith Observatory is north, east would be where the Zeppelin is headed, or kind of northeast. So, yeah, so he's he, they got in on the port side, and you're looking backwards toward the stairway that brings you up to the uh, uh, hatch number seven. And which way to the smoking lounge? Yes, that's aft. <laughs> I'm, assuming that it's, I'm assuming that it's down the ladder and then behind. Yeah. There, or is so there a doorway behind there's a it? There uh, should be a door back behind Lothar, because they're in the basically the kind of the lowest point of the Zeppelin right now. They're in the, the cab gondola, which is toward the front of the Zeppelin. And then you would go aft out of the back of that gondola inside the structure to get to the passenger compartments and, you know, the restaurant, right. the, the smoking the wind, lounge and stuff. The, the windows kind of go along. If you cut a hole in the front of the ship and looked at it like a clock, the windows on the ship would be like at 5 o'clock and 7 o'clock. Right. Is that right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, and there, yeah, and there's that, so there's a circular staircase back there. It does go, I don't think it goes down much from this, this scene. I think that circular staircase just goes up. But there's got to be a door back there somewhere, or maybe you go up the staircase to a catwalk and then down into the passenger area. Yeah, but they didn't have the money to do all right. that. So. <laughs> as far as that valve goes, though, where it's not part of sort of a traditional instrument panel or it's not something the pilot would be facing, I would assume that would be something for an engineer. So it would probably... <clears throat> like a fueling? It could be fuel. It could be... Although it's a singular gauge, it could be... Uh, it could be just a singular altimeter, which would be a little bit strange for an engineer to have. It could be fuel quantity. Like, it could be hydrogen quantity. It could be uh, buoyancy. I forget how big the crew of a Zeppelin was, but, I mean, you have a steersman. You have a guy controlling the elevator. I mean, it's right. if I remember correctly, I mean, the, 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 the various duties are broken up much more than the, uh, on an airplane, for instance. Sure. Yeah, you've, got, I mean, you've almost got a person for every sort of axis of control. Yeah. No, no pun intended. What with them being Nazis and all, yeah. well, um, they were. Yeah, and, and certainly keeping track of the of the pressure of the of the um, the various cells in the envelope has got to be its own its own job. Yeah, yeah, it, so. uh, and of course, you know, Howard, Howard Hughes was not one to uh, to shirk from having a, a well manned ship because it, how many no. how many were on the Spruce Goose? Wasn't it something like twelve engineers to operate? Oh, that? something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's just amazing. Uh, I've, I've stood inside the uh, both the cockpit and the passenger section of. Uh, of the spruce goose and just to see how many people you know there, there were there were gauges and dials and switches and, and consoles everywhere in that place it was like the enterprise i uh, just just trying to make sure that all the engines were staying on must have been a full-time uh job yeah yeah i i, I don't i don't think we appreciate we're just so used to all of the not the conveniences but the the simplicity that that technology affords you know on the user interface side 
not on, on the other side, it's even more technical, sure. but you know, but in, but in 1938, yeah, everything is, you know, every, every gauge has its own thing. It's not like they're all together. I, rem- I remember so. that the engines on the the engines on the Hindenburg were called um, engine cars. They were like little they were little pods on the yeah. How many did they have on the yep. Hindenburg? I don't, I don't. It was like four, or was it? No, it's it's like eight. That many? Okay. It's it's yeah. It's 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 quite a because um, you have four on the smaller airships and on blimps, but I, I want to say on the on the Hindenburg they had to be. At least, yeah, yeah. They were, I mean, there were full size like like airplane engines running running all yeah, the time. And you, and you, you know, you see the ladders going out of them, um, you know, into the into the envelope yeah. because you know guys would walk along the catwalks and then climb down into the engine compartment for service. Wow, <laughs> there's a job to have. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, what do you do? I'm the engine. Guy. <laughs> the engine guy. <laughs> Why are you shaking so much? Because <laughs> I have to go outside. <laughs> And how do you say engine guy? Yeah, in German? You know, I mean, it's, uh, yeah. mechanic man. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> He's a mechanic man. It's, pro- it's probably at least fourteen syllables. So don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Wow. Well, a, a beautiful, a beautiful end to this uh, to this particular minute. <laughs> yes. um, and Rory, thank you again for uh, for being my my constant technical advisor on all things uh, uh, bang bang. <laughs> And uh, I'm sure <laughs> I'm doing. Uh, I, I I should have done more homework on my time yeah, guns, but it was a once in a lifetime thing. It's, it's okay. We'll be. I'm sure we'll be talking more weaponry uh, uh, in the fall. I'll be starting on uh, the uh, James Bond minute, and we're doing diamonds are forever. So if you want to go look up uh, what uh, what Bert Saxby's carrying when he's uh, shooting, <laughs> shooting I, Jimmy Dean. Well, well, I'll tell you what. Uh, my my friend Steve Rubin. Uh-huh. Uh, who produced Silent Night with me wrote the James Bond Encyclopedia. Awesome. Oh, excellent! Okay. This, this so, may be a double. Oh, there's somebody <laughs> I want to have a drink with. <laughs> so, so I will hook you up. Awesome. We're uh, you can let them know. Well, we have some very interesting guests, and I'll tell you afterwards. What <laughs> everybody else Absolutely. will have to check in the fall, but stand by. Uh, listen, we're gonna again, Rory. Thank you. Thank you for being on the show. Yeah, Our thanks so much, guys. For people who want to talk more about this, and you're always welcome to, we are always available on social media. Find us at Twitter, Rocketeer Minute. Find us at Facebook, facebook.com slash Rocketeer Minute. Find us at our big site, RocketeerMinute.com, where you can order or you can order Silent Night from Amazon uh, right there on, on our store section. I don't have a direct link, but you can find Well, we might put one up right here. So just check out, check out the site, RocketeerMinute.com. Uh, we will return tomorrow with some more exciting parts of uh, uh, Dirigibles. And don't miss the big uh, <laughs> our big scene uh, later this week when we talk to the only two people who, well, besides me, who, I, well, I, I've never done it, but somebody else that we know have, have run blimps on our show. So check, check it out later this week on uh, the Rocketeer Minute. So until next time, thanks for joining us, and over and out. Mm-hmm.